Before we get to this episode, just to say thanks to everyone who's bought my new book, Champion Thinking, How to Find Success Without Losing Yourself. Published by Bloomsbury, the response has been terrific. It's an Amazon bestseller. It's been top 20 in the airport charts consistently, and the reviews have been terrific right across the board. And if you like this episode that you're about to hear on Flow, you'll be sure to enjoy Champion Thinking. Head to my website, simonmundy.com or Amazon, Waterstone, Smiths, places like that to get your copy. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to this bite-sized episode of Life Lessons with me, Simon Mundy, in which we revisit a nugget from one of my previous conversations and have a closer look. One of the key skills anyone can develop is to do what needs to be done even when you don't feel like doing it. Often the key is just to make a start, as Baroness Tanny Gray-Thompson can explain. Everyone has days where they wake up where they want to, let's say you're a gymmer, you want to go to the gym, you're yeah. full of energy, but then other days, the legs are a bit heavy. Yeah. How would you motivate yourself to do those training sessions when you weren't up for it? So I, I really like planning. Some would say I'm a control freak. <laughs> so I might have had a schedule for every 15 minutes of the day for my wedding. Um, you know, but <laughs> might have, yeah. I might have, yeah. Just, <laughs> just so everyone knew where they had to be. So... For me, planning is really important, and that that plan changes quite a lot. But there is nothing worse than being on the start line of a major race or a qualification race, or you know where you've got to hit that time to stay on the squad, and and thinking if only, you know. So uh, you know if only I'd done this. So you, for me, you've you've got to get, and you know, I quite like training six or seven times a week. I didn't particularly like training fifteen times a week, but but you had to do it. That was all just part of the deal, and. You know, it's it's just easier to do it than make excuses why you haven't. And, mm. and the worst bit is absolutely going out through the front door. In, you know, for a lot of my career, I lived in the northeast of England where you know, winter was pretty brutal. Um, but but once you're out and you're started, you know, it's it's OK. So you just have to kind of make yourself yeah. do it. So it's just getting started. I've heard this a lot, actually. Yeah, what it, the worst bit is just beforehand. Just start. Yeah. And don't, you know, I, I can make excuses to clean the dishwasher and do all sorts of things to put off stuff I don't want to do. But it's like, just 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 go out and get it done. Because then when you're done, you've done it. Um, and, and actually, uh, you know, if you spend all the time thinking about a reason why you shouldn't do it, you could have probably done your training session by then anyway. Mm. And, and I, I, you know, I worked with a couple of different coaches through my career. And... You know, just thinking about, you know, being tired is not a reason. You know, as an elite athlete, because, you know, lottery funding only came in right at the back end of my career, really. But, um, you know, before that, I had sponsors. My parents supported me. Um, you know, I felt I owed them something as well. So, you know, you if if you've got a sponsor who's financially helping you do all the things you've said you want to do, 
you can't really ring them up and say, I actually didn't fancy it today. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, for most of my career, I, I did lots of different jobs while I was working, while I was training. But, but there was only a short period where I had a full-time job. And, um, you know, I, I think it was just a really important part of that. You know, it's a really privileged place to be, to do something I love doing, to travel the world. You know, a lot of my friends, you know, were in jobs they don't really like. It was something I loved to. So, again, it's it's that thing, you know, it's so many people want to make the GB team and don't make it. I, I, I didn't want to waste it or look disrespectful yeah. to other athletes because I was in a privileged position. Yeah. So habits, asking what, if only being responsible to others. There's lots, lots of um, parts of the fuel to the fire there. Now, mm. it could, you could imagine people thinking of you as absolutely fearless, I think. I mean, you come across that way, you know, boundless confidence. But you talk about, have spoken about actually being sick before races and, and the nerves you would have and that inner critic, that inner voice sort of saying, mm. oh, you know, what am I doing here? Which I think is, again, like a universal thing. So how would you deal with, because a lot of people actually will get put off by that voice and it mm. will stop them doing things. So how, how would you manage that, that voice? I mean, the confidence goes up and down. It's the same as resilience. In different situations, you react differently. So for me, um, like from really early on, uh, I, I started just feeling sick with nerves. And, and probably I had a couple of years as a young athlete where that didn't actually transpire into me being sick. And then it did. And that's not great. It's not great for the team around. <laughs> and, um, you know, for things like I, uh, I had to be at the start line really Oh, so at, at the warm-up track really early because I didn't want to throw up on a bus or, you know, I, I kind of needed to be settled. So I didn't have a lot of routine. Um, you know, I didn't listen to music or I didn't have a... One of my best mates in sport used to travel everywhere with a cuddly toy because that was her good luck thing. So I never had any of that. I needed to be at race early. But if you're racing at nine o'clock in the morning, the poor coach who was allocated to look after me was never very happy at having to be on a bus at six. Um, so actually... There were lots of people in the team who worried about me throwing up. And I remember in Barcelona, we had a coach who I hadn't done a lot of work with, had seen my family. And he was beside himself because he, he said to my sister, Oh my God, like she's throwing up. Oh, this is really. And she was like, Oh, cool. Right. That's good. <laughs> um, so actually, I can't change. I tried loads of things to change it. Couldn't change the bit of me physically being mm. sick. Sorry, this is really horrible. But I just, I just learned to eat food that didn't hurt so much when you threw up. Right. And to be honest, I mean, I did have a couple of dentists who thought I had an eating disorder because I threw up a lot. Uh, shouldn't laugh. But... So, you know, yeah, they probably shouldn't have sort of raised it in quite the way they did. Yeah. But um, it, it's you control what you control. Mm. And so, you know, I used to get up. If I was racing early morning, I'd, I'd set my alarm. I'd wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'd eat then. I'd um, drink meal replacement drinks because that just absorbs much quicker. Um, I, I really love bananas. Can't eat a banana. The smell of a banana on race day. It's just horrific. So you just learn to to cope with it. So it's almost part of your routine. It was almost a sign that you were going in. You know, you. I, I guess you didn't welcome it, but it was a sign. Like like you said, when your sister was like, "Okay, good." It's almost a sign that okay, we're ready. Yeah, I mean, it would have been nice if it hadn't have <laughs> yeah, been I mean, so physical. But yeah. but then you know, I know lots of athletes who go to the loo about six times before they race, or you know, there's lots of things. Nerves come across in different. And for me, you kind of have to have some nerves because you have to mm. care. Mm. You have to have that fight or flight. Um, and, yeah, the guys in the squad were amazing because, you know, I, I, Ian says I'd talk to a door if I thought it would answer, which is true. <laughs> um, but on race day, I'd just go quiet. And, and at the point I went quiet, the guys around would just be, all right, okay, just 
someone move away. <laughs> so I was, I was really conscious never to throw up in, or really try hard to not throw up in front of them because that's not pleasant for anyone. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was just it was just part of it. Yeah, I spoke to Michael Johnson, '96 uh, world record holder, 200 400, and he spoke about the thing he misses most actually, more than the competition, is just before the race those nerves. He actually misses that, which I found fascinating. Ooh. I, I guess you probably don't miss throwing up, but... But you see, even talking about the start of the race now, my, my stomach's is sort of slightly churning, my heart rate's definitely gone up a little bit. You you remember what it is like in that moment. So the bit I loved and hated with equal measure in a track race when the starter blows the whistle to basically tell the, uh, the timekeepers, OK, we're ready to go. That's the bit, even now. I've been retired 12 and a half years. I just think, oh, God. So when I go to a track meet and watch, when the whistle goes, it's like, oh. you know, and I still jump with the gun goes. <laughs> I never did in a race, but it's really weird. Those emotions all come back. So the bits I'm, I do, I miss the bit where you do a training session where you train really hard and you're just wiped out and you can do nothing but lie on the carpet and eat Jaffa cakes. I kind of miss that. Thank you for listening to this bite-sized episode of the Life Lessons podcast with me, Simon Mundy. Please do check out loads of the other Life Lessons on my YouTube page. The link is in the bio.